Social justice has become a growing buzzword, especially in the last decade. But what does social justice actually mean? I mean, it feels good. It sounds good. It sounds like it's something that we should buy into. But today we are going to look into exactly the ideologies and the definitions behind social justice, behind the words actual justice. And what we're going to learn today is that social justice is injustice. Hey, it's Lucas Scrobot, and you're listening to The Lucas Scrobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. As I mentioned, we are going to be talking about social justice today because we need to know what we are talking about. We need to be concise in our language. If we are not concise in our language and we are calling up, down, and down, up, and good, bad, and bad, good, well, then the words lose all meaning. Morality lose all meaning. Virtues no longer exist. But if we are going to be anchored in our life and and find a way forward into the future that we might own our future, that we might make an impact, that we might fulfill our destiny, we have to be sober-minded. We have to understand the things that we are talking about in a concise way so that we can organize the world and build a framework for us to move in the world. But before we get into today's episode, I want to talk to you about my book, Anchored the Discipline to Stop Drifting. I wrote this book during a time in my life where everything was just falling out from under me. I felt like I was drifting. All of my metrics of success were no longer successful. And so I kind of paused in my life and I I took a season to reflect, to pray, to read and to understand, well, what is it that I'm thinking and why are these algorithms or these metrics not working? Why am I not actually reaching the success that I thought I would be reaching? And it was from that place that I wrote this book and it's full of principles and axioms, studies and stories that helped me create a clearer pathway forward so that I could reach my goals and achieve my dreams. And that is what I think each person wants to do. We want to achieve our dreams. We want to reach our destiny. So I highly recommend this short 100-page book, highly actionable, anchored the discipline to stop drifting. The link is right there in the show notes. Now, as I said, For us to understand how to move forward in the world with a clear framework that we might see the world rightly, we have to be able to define the terms that we are using so that we are on the same page when talking about ideas, talking about ideologies. And this is one of the biggest uh, attacks that postmodernism and deconstructionalists have done against society is they have undermined the definition of words so that they can mean whatever we want it to mean. And they begin to view language rather than as a defined, agreed upon term. They say there is no truth. There is no meaning in language. It's all subjective. And that can get us into some real problems. So, We are going to dive in today, starting with the differences between justice and social justice. As I said, deconstructionalists, 
postmodernists, they want to say, and they do claim, that there is no truth and that nothing is knowable. They go on to claim that everything that is observed is skewed through our social conditioning and experience. Therefore, anything that is quote-unquote known or anything that is empirical data from a study, from statistics, can be redefined by examining who wrote the piece, who did the study, who collected the data, and then they can reframe or deconstruct the study or the statistics to mean the opposite of what was found based on the identity, whether the person was white or female or where they lived or what beliefs they had. They then reframe all of the statistics, all of the ideas to fit their cultural narrative by deconstructing the identity of the person rather than looking at the empirical data. Because what postmodernists will say and, and the, the undergirding premise of their belief is they, they postulate that the entire world is reduced to a power struggle, that we are in a power struggle between the white, straight, able-bodied, cisgendered Christian male and everyone else in the world. And for every intersection where you're not the white, straight, cisgendered male, you become more and more of a victim, more and more part of an oppressed people group. So it doesn't matter, or, and, and they would say this, that it doesn't matter if a study is done by a person of color who is bi and a woman, if they are using tools of reason or logic, tools of the oppressor, that they too have internalized the systematic oppression of those who are in power, the white man, and therefore, we can deconstruct their empirical findings, their rational findings too, because there is no such thing as rationale. And this gets us into a whole lot of problems because if we're starting out into the world with believing there is no truth, with believing that anything that we comes out of rationale is therefore corrupt and, and wrong, how can we ever make right decisions if we have no data points that we can move from, that we can discern the way forward with. So today, we are specifically making sure that we're defining some terms so that we can stay far away from those cyclical fallacies because we need to know what it is that we are talking about if we want to shape the future, if we want to organize and structure our lives in a way that we are walking in integrity, walking in purity, walking in virtues, walking in truth. But if we don't believe in truth and we don't believe in virtues, we don't believe in morality, well, then we're just a product of the system around us and you have no free will. But you do have free will. And there are such things as virtues and there are such things as right and wrong. There is a such thing as truth. It is not all subjective. So I want to start by defining a few terms. First, what is justice? We need to, if we're going to talk about social justice, we need to understand, well, what is just justice? We need to first understand justice in order to understand social justice. 
So I'm going to define justice and I'm going to find two or three other words with it as well, mercy and grace, because they all kind of go together in a package. So justice is defined as getting what you do deserve. Let's say we have a, a man and a woman, Ahmed and Fatima, or Rick and Karen, and they're working at a auto store. They're, they're working at a car dealership. Justice would be Rick sells eight cars and he gets the commission for the eight cars that he sold. Justice would also be Karen selling 10 cars and getting the commission for the 10 cars that she sold. Justice is getting what you deserve. Likewise, let's say the boss set up a a quota and said, hey, if you are not selling at least eight cars a a month, then you're going to lose your job. Let's say Rick is only selling four cars a month. Well, justice would be that Rick loses his job because he didn't meet his quota. That's justice. We said, here's the quota. If you don't meet it, you're going to get fired. That's justice. He gets fired because he didn't meet the quota. Now, what's mercy? Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. So justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting, in a negative sense, what you do deserve. So Rick doesn't make his quota of eight cars in a month. He's only selling four. The boss comes to him and says, hey, Rick, I'm going to have mercy on you and not fire you this month. I'm going to have mercy. You deserve justice, which is you get fired because you didn't meet your quota, but I'm going to have mercy and I'm not going to punish you the way that I should punish you or judge you the way that I should release judgment on you because you didn't meet your quota, but I'm going to have mercy on you. And the third one word that I want to define right now is grace. Now, grace is getting what you did not deserve or getting what you did not earn. So notice, justice is getting exactly what you earned. You do bad, you get bad, you do good, you get good. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. You do bad, but we're not going to punish you. It's kind of this, this neutral. Grace, however, is getting what you do not deserve. So let's say there's a bonus incentive at this car dealership. And they say, if you sell 15 cars in a month, not only would you get your bonus, or not only would you get your commission for those 15 cars, but we're also going to give you a bonus. Well, if Karen sells her 15 cars, she gets her commission plus her bonus, that would be justice. She got what she deserved. Now let's say Rick only sells 14 cars. The boss likes Rick. He wants to give, he wants to bless Rick. He wants to be kind to Rick. He would be giving grace to Rick to say, hey, Rick, you know what? You sold 14 instead of 15 cars. You were one short. I'm going to give you your bonus anyways. So you're going to get your commission of 14 cars plus I'm going to give you your bonus. That is giving him grace. He did not measure up to the requirement, but he still got the reward for something he did not fully do. That 
is grace. Now, within the idea of of justice and mercy and grace, there's something that that comes into play, and that is the word judgment. Now, oftentimes, especially in the circles I run in, the word judgment is like this like faux pas, like, well, we're not supposed to judge. Only God can judge me. You know that tattooed? Only God can judge me. No, like... Like this idea that we're not supposed to judge people, that we're not supposed to have judgment. We should just be like, well, whatever you want to do is cool. You go and do it. But the word judgment really means to discern, to be able to see the world rightly, to be able to discern between good and evil, right and wrong. So judging the poor with equity is justice. Judging everyone with equity, seeing the world with equity equally and rightly is justice. As I say, justice is blind. Justice makes judgments without favoring one party or the other. This is what is just or right. The serving of what is equal and right according to what each person deserves is just judgment or is justice. Now, justice is what is true. And we have to judge according to what is true in order to carry out and execute justice. Because if we don't, then we're actually acting unjust if we're not able to make just judgments. So, What is true is living with a right standard or with righteousness. That's also what justice is. So as I said, judges and judgment, like we have to be able to judge and make judgment in order to carry out justice, in order to give according to each one's deeds. So the owner of the car dealership has to make a judgment based on what each person does in order to reward or punish them. And if they are impartial, then they're acting justly. If they're impartial, they're not looking, they're not playing favorites. But when people are judging with partiality, saying, I'm going to favor this group over this group for whatever reason, whether it's their color, whether it's because they're getting bribed, doesn't matter. Then we have moved into judging partially, which is a corruption of judgment. So God, he judges impartially according to each one's deeds. So God is impartial and he judges according to each individual's actions and deeds. And now that requires for us to, if we wanted to judge impartially, if we wanted to carry out justice, because that's what we're talking about. How do we carry out justice? It requires us to see and discern what is true so that we can judge with equity, not with partiality. Now, again, remember, postmoderns, postmodernists will say that there is no truth. So then if there is no truth, how can we judge justly? Another important point to notice here is that when we're making judgments, often it's between two parties. There's actually identified individuals that are in play. Let's say Rick 
stole one of Karen's commissions. He swooped in last minute. There are two parties at play. We know who we are judging between and we're looking at the person's virtues and actions to be able to discern what what sort of judgment do we need to carry out. But now if we say, well, Karen or Rick, Rick didn't sell as many cars as Karen, who are we to blame? We can't blame a system because there is no there is no system. That's just something obtuse. We're going to get into that. Another thing in this situation with Rick and Karen, justice is not equality. It's judging with equity, but it's not judging to make everything equal, which is a really big difference. Now, imagine Karen and Rick again. Rick sells five cars. Karen sells 10 cars. Let's say we want to make sure everything is equal because we think that that is justice, that everyone's getting the same amount. Karen sold 10. She should get the commission for 10. But because we want to make everything equal, Karen is going to get the commission for 7.5 cars. And Rick, even though he only sold five cars, is also going to get the commission for 7.5 cars. We're going to pool their combined sales together, divide it in two, and we say, here, you each get an equal amount. Now, my question to you, is that justice? Is that judging with equity? No. We said, hmm, Rick didn't get as much as Karen, and therefore, we're going to take away what is rightly due, justly due to Karen, the 2.5 cars of commission, and we're going to give it to Rick to make it all equal. That is not justice. When we are trying to make sure everything comes out equally, we have actually corrupted justice. We're no longer judging with equity. We are trying to make everything equal, which that's the crux of the matter. That is the very crux of the matter. When we are operating in justice, everyone's getting what they are due. Not everyone is getting the same thing. And that is a huge difference between the idea of justice and social justice as we are about to see. Now, what is social justice? I'm not going to give you my definition of social justice because there's so it's such a big and broad topic. It means very different things to many different people. So I decided to go to the trusted source of Wikipedia and read from that how Wikipedia defines justice. It's this, or social justice. Social justice is a concept of fair and just relations between the individual and society. Not between two individuals, but between the individual and society. As measured by the distribution of wealth, opportunities for personal activity, and social privileges. In the current global grassroots movement for social justice, the emphasis has been on the breaking of barriers for social mobility, and I'll get this, and the creation of safety nets and economic justice. It goes on to say, social justice assigns rights and duties 
in the institutions of society, which enables people to receive basic benefits and burdens of cooperation. The relevant institutions often include taxation, social insurance or government insurance, public health or government health, public schools, government schools, public services, labor laws, regulation of markets to ensure fair distribution of wealth and equal opportunity. Now, I don't have a problem with equal opportunity, but if you notice what I just what we just read here, they are saying that social justice is a fair distribution of wealth, saying that wealth needs to be distributed equally. It's also saying that we need to have our institutions create safety nets for people, that all of a sudden the government is creating safety nets and quote-unquote economic justice for people by giving people government health care and government schooling and government services. The point that they are saying here, it is about a redistribution of wealth. It is about that example where Karen sold 10 cars and Rick sold five, and we are going to redistribute the wealth so everything comes out equal. This is the basic idea of social justice. Now, this is what the UN says. The UN says, quote, social justice may be broadly understood as the fair and compassionate distribution of the fruits of economic growth. Now, here's a problem. First, okay, fair and compassionate according to who? Well, it's according to the government. So there's now a select group of people who are saying this is what we have determined is fair and compassionate, and it is fair and compassionate to take from Karen to give to Rick. It's just this Robin Hood ideology, which is really a glorification of envy, which used to be one of the seven deadly sins. Envy used to be one of the seven deadly sins, coveting, saying, my neighbor has more than me. Something unfair must be going on. I want you to take from my neighbor and give to me. That's envy. That is not a virtue. Okay. The UN goes on and says, social justice is not possible without strong and coherent redistributive policies conceived and impl- implemented by public agencies. Whenever you see that word public, just take the word public out and put the word government because that's what it really means. So it's impl- implicated, implemented by government agencies. The UN says social justice is not possible without strong redistributive policies that are conceived by and implemented by government agencies. Another point here, it's this redistribution of the fruit of economic growth. What is funny about this phrasing, the fruit of economic growth, is as if the GDP, that the global production of wealth through the economy It's just some passive thing. Like there's one big massive tree that's growing at unreasonable rates. And there's a few people who are getting extra apples. And there's a a bunch of people who are left with nothing. As if the economy is something that's passively just making economic fruit. But that's not the case. That's not what happens in the real world. What happens? What happens is people like you, people like I, we work. 
We wake up in the morning and we work to add value to the world around us. It takes people's investment, time, energy, and capital and hard work in order to grow the economy. In order to grow the economy, it takes people actually working. It's not something that's passive that needs to be redistributed. It's people's work ethic and people should be justly rewarded for their work. It goes on to say, the UN goes on to say, present day believers in an absolute truth identified with virtue and justice are neither willing nor desirable companions for the defenders of social justice. Hold on a minute. The UN says that if you believe that there is truth and that you can identify virtues and can identify justice, that you are not a desirable companion to be a defender of social justice. Essentially what they just said here, that (laughs) social justice is not justice. Social justice is not attached to virtues. Social justice is not attached to truth. It is attached to subjectivity. It is attached to judging with partiality rather than being impartial in our judgments. So let's contrast these ideas here. Justice looks at the individual who's working and works to rightly discern what is true so that we can execute judgment between parties with equity, aka equality of opportunity. Whereas social justice looks at group identities, class, gender, skin color, in order to determine how systems of society or systems of power are responsible for inequality of outcome. Not inequality of opportunity, but inequality of outcome. And it doesn't matter if the quote-unquote oppressed group is running a system or is in a position of power. It doesn't matter if it's a person of color or a female that's in a position of power, the argument, according to critical race theory, is that the white cisgendered male created that system, created that ideology, that that capitalism is a, a weapon to control people through people adhering to cultural norms. So if a woman is in a place of power, well, they have, and there's still inequity, there's still an unequal outcome, well, that person, these people are still part of a system and the system is racist, not a person is racist. The system is corrupt because it was created by someone with a worldview who believes in truth, who believes in giving people what they are due by their work rather than privileging someone based on their skin color and taking from those who have and giving to those who have not. This is called a cultural hegemony, aka holders of power who oppress one group over another. So now where does this hegemony come from? Well, Marx argued that the hegemony, that the power struggle between two classes was in class, 
It was the rich oppressing the poor, the 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 proletariat being oppressed by the bourgeoisie, the rulers oppressing oppressing the workers. But then it morphed into cultural or neo-Marxism, which that's what, what critical race theory spun out of. And that was done by Antonio Gramsci, an Italian, Italian Marxist philosopher. Gramsci is best known for what's called cultural hegemony, which describes how the state and ruling capitalist class, or the bourgeoisie, used cultural institutions, aka capitalism, to maintain maintain power in capitalistic societies. The bourgeoisie, in Gramsci's view, developed a hegemic culture using ideology rather than violence and economic force or coercion. The hegemic culture propagates its own values and norms so that they become common sense values of all, thus making everyone maintain the status quo. The hegemic power is therefore used to maintain consent to the capitalistic order rather than coercive power or force to maintain order. So what he is meaning here is that the hegemic power of the white man created a cultural system called capitalism and through common sense and values, they're using that to make everyone fall into line with cultural norms and that is how they are controlling, mass controlling all of society and that capitalism, which essentially says you get for what you work for, that you have the freedom to pursue your own happiness. You have the freedom to provide for your family, the freedom to own land, the freedom to create generational wealth and pass it on. But what Antonio said is essentially that those who are in minorities, those who are not of the white, cis, male, able-bodied group, that group is oppressing all the minorities through their cultural hegemony. Social justice used to mean helping people who were victimized by crime, whether it's sex trafficking, the killing of babies in the womb, or infanticide. It's putting an end to practices that are extremely destructive and harmful to individuals. Or it was helping people who lacked natural advantage, whether it's through microloans or NGOs, giving distribution in war-torn areas or, or, or helping people who are suffering in famine and drought via natural disasters. And those were often foundations and institutions where people freely gave their money to say, hey, there's these horrible problems in the world. People are, are dying and starving in Yemen. We want to give aid to these people who are at a natural disadvantage because of natural disasters or, or war-torn areas. We want to help. But that is no longer what social justice means. Social justice has come to mean the disparity of outcome is due to color, gender, race, or sex. And it is because of a system that has been propped up against you, not because of your personal decisions, that would be victim blaming, blaming, and not because we can identify a specific individual or action that happened that oppressed that person. It is this ambiguous system. And because 
you happen to look the part or happen to be born the part, you are either a part of the oppressor or the oppressed, just based on your skin color, just based on whether you're male or female, and therefore you're guilty or, you know, a victim, an oppressor or a victim based on how you were born. And that's something that you can't escape. But Frederick Hayek from the Austrian School of Economics, who won the Nobel Peace Prize of Economics in 1974, he stated that he rejected the very idea of social justice as completely meaningless, self-contradictory, and ideological, believing that to realize any degree of social justice is completely unfeasible, and the attempt to do so would destroy all liberties. Why would that be? Well, if we go back to the example of Karen and Rick, in order to create social justice there, we have to take away the liberties of Karen who sold more more cars in order to give those financial resources to Rick. We had to take away someone's liberty. We had to say, you know what? You achieved more than someone else. That must be because of some sort of corrupt system, unjust system. We can't point to it. We don't know what it was, but it's the system that's at play because if all the systems were completely just, then everyone would have the same level of success. He goes on to say that there can be no test by which we can discover what is socially unjust. There's there's no way we can tell. Hayek says there's no way we can tell what is socially unjust because there's no subject by which an injustice can be committed. Because remember, it's not a person that's creating the injustice. It's not an individual actor. It's this ambiguous system. It's the system that needs to be done away with. And so he says, social justice does not belong to the, uh, the category of error, but to that of nonsense. It's like saying, like the term social justice is like the term a moral stone. Well, a stone isn't about anything. A stone isn't an actor. It is just an object. A stone cannot be moral or immoral, but it's the people who use that stone that can evil either turn it into a weapon or can build a house. There's no such thing as a moral stone or a moral object. Social justice cannot be carried out. It cannot be, we cannot figure out where there is injustice because it's a system that we're blaming, not individual actors. Hayek argues that the proponents of social justice often present it as a moral virtue, but most of their descriptions pertain to impersonal states of affair. In other words, income equality or poverty, which are called or which are cited as social injustice. Hayek argues that social justice is either a virtue or it isn't. Now, remember that the UN said that people who believed in virtues are not good proponents of social justice. Hayek argues that social justice is either a virtue or not. If it is a virtue... It can only be ascribed to the actions of individuals. However, 
Most who use the term ascribe it to social systems, right? Social justice is in fact describes the regulative principles of order. And they're not interested in virtue, but they're interested in power. For Hayek, this notion of social justice presupposes that people are guided by specific external directions rather than internal or personal rules of just conduct. What Hayek is saying here, that the the ideology behind social justice is that you do not have free will. You are just a cog in the system, and because you are in the system, and the system is bad, therefore you are bad, but it doesn't depend on your moral choices or just or unjust behavior. It is just just the system because social justice makes the argument that you do not have free will. You do not have agency. It further proposes that one can never be held accountable for one's own behavior because this would be blaming the victim. Thus, for Hayek, The function of social justice is to blame someone else for your own troubles. Often is attributed to the system, because there's not a person to blame, we have to blame the system, or those who supposedly or mythically control the system. Thus, it is based on appealing to the idea that your suffering is not because of your choices, but is caused by powerful others, the oppressor that must be destroyed. Another argument against social justice is leveled by Ben O'Neill from the University of South Wales. He argues that for the proponents of quote-unquote social justice, the notion of rights is a mere term of entitlement indicative of a claim for any possible desirable good. No matter how important or trivial, abstract or tangible, recent or ancient, it is merely an assertion of desire and a declaration of intention to use the language of rights to acquire said desire. What does that mean? That means that when people are talking about what rights they are due, they're really saying, I feel entitled to something, whether it's to money, whether it's to a job, whether it's to food, whether it's to healthcare. They say, I feel entitled to something. And I'm going to put the word right on it. It's my right rather than it's something I feel entitled to. And then they go on to say, I'm going to use this word right to forcibly Take what I want through the force of government. In fact, since the programs, he continues, in fact, since the programs of social justice inevitably involves claims for government provisions of goods paid for through the efforts of others, the term actually refers to an intention to use force to acquire one's desires. So here's Rick. He didn't sell as many cars. He goes to his boss and says, hey, boss, this system is not just. I want you to forcibly take Karen's commissions and give it to me because I have a right to make more money. I have a right to put food on my table. I have a right to fill in the blank. 
And so they're using force to take from one party and give to another party through government, not through free will. If Karen wanted, she could say, hey, Rick, here is some of my commission because I saw how hard you worked this month. That would be grace on Karen's part from her free will. But instead, social justice wants to trample on people's free will and liberty by forcibly acting unjustly and taking away from something which is due someone and giving to someone else. O'Neill goes on to say that social justice, it's not to earn desirable goods by rational thought or action or production and voluntary exchange, but it is to go in there and forcibly take goods from those who can supply it. But the bottom line is this. You and I do not have the right to food. We do not have the right to health care. That's not a, a, a right. It's not a, a God-given right to eat. It's we have to work, and if we don't work, we're going to go hungry. At the same time, though, I would say that what is justice? Okay, if social justice is injustice, where it's the government forcibly taking from someone to give to someone else, justice, what is true justice, well, it's actually people willingly, out of their own free will, out of their own generosity, caring for the poor, caring for the disabled, caring for those who find themselves enslaved, caring for people in war-torn areas like Yemen and giving from their own Life, whether from their lack or from their gain, from their time or from their generosity, it's giving freely from their own liberty to help someone else, not through compulsion. And this is what I believe the the religious sphere, the religious institutions and organizations are in place for. Because true religion is caring for the orphan and the widow. True religion, it is the role of, of the religious institutions to care for the hurting of the world, not government institutions. And with the religious institutions, that comes out of a free will offering. I was saying here, I'm going to give to this nonprofit or this NGO or this church or or this mosque. I'm going to give freely out of my own fruition because they are going to help people that I want to help. So in conclusion... Social justice, as defined by the social justice movement, is corrupt. It is a corruption of truth because justice is the pursuit of truth. But as we saw in the UN statement, social justice has no truth. It is subjectivity. Justice makes impartial judgments in equity to judge according to each one's deeds Help those who are oppressed receive wages and opportunities due to one based on their virtues and their actions. Justice helps those who are oppressed. It does. But social justice makes partial judgments and assigns virtue not to action, but to identity groups, whether you're male, female, white, black, your race, your class, and then redistributes wealth for equalities of outcome and attributes the disparities of outcome to systems of oppression rather than 
attributing it to per, to individuals, choices, and actions. Justice is liberty and freedom to pursue your goals and your desires and to act freely. Social justice is taking away freedom and liberty from one group to provide wealth or equality of outcome to another group. Now, yes, we live in a broken world. Yes, there are hurting and desperate people all over the world that need our help out of our generosity. And it is with our, in our agency and our responsibility to do so. It is within our responsibility to help the people around us, but not at the expense of other people. If you want to help someone, then help someone. But don't forcibly mandate that the government takes from your neighbor to help someone else. Let that person make it out of their own free will because that is that social justice is actually injustice. Justice is pursuing truth. And that is what we do here on this show. We say, how can we have a right framework, a framework of truth that we might see the world rightly, that we might walk and live in the world rightly. And that is my charge for you today, that you would actually go out and act justly, that you would go out and judge people, that you would see people rightly. You would make just judgments impartially, giving to each person what they are due. And more than that, that we would walk in mercy, that we would love mercy, that we would have mercy on people who don't meet the standards, who don't measure up, who fall short and say, you know what? I'm going to have mercy on you. And third, that we would be people full of grace, full of grace and truth saying, you know what? You didn't meet the bar. You didn't meet the level. You didn't meet my expectations, but I'm still going to be generous with you and give you something that you didn't earn in your own strength, in your own accord. And lastly, the charge for this week is to walk humbly before God, to walk humbly, to walk in the earth with a matter of humility. And that's where that grace and that mercy comes in, where we're not holding things over people's heads. We say, you know what? I see that you fell short and that's okay. I've fallen short too. And also to to give grace to people to say, I see that you didn't earn this, but I'm going to give you this love or affection or time or finance as a gift. I'm going to give you something that you didn't earn. Finally, I love hearing your questions. Please, if you have a question, what's at me at plus one, two, zero, two, nine, two, two, zero, two, two, zero. And I would love to answer them right here on the show. Please be sure to tell your friends, like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends about this podcast if you got any value from it. That's all for this episode. I'm Lucas Scrobot. You are a change maker who pursues truth. So go out and own the future.